Grace, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. The third episode Number of three. The Running Mullet. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's rock it. Dude, that intro was like a million times better than last week. <laughs> the one that we had to redo? Yeah, like that one's pretty smooth. I think I learned my lesson. I have a light on me now, like I'm a superstar. Like, do my lips look kissy-like? They, they look a little hairy. Oh. Well, I feel like I'm clear now from <laughs> tips from you. And we didn't you got a nice up. glare from the top of your head. Yeah, I went through my lit, my closet full of beanies and I couldn't put one on that looked right. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to go cue ball tonight. Like Let it. it all out. Yeah. No what same. one you wearing? What are you wearing on that hat there? This is my uh, Yeti, Yeti beanie. Ah, nice. Yeah, it says not a cult. I like it. What, uh, how you feeling? Feeling a little better than last week? I, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm, um, you know, I'm taking the, I've heard this before and I follow it um, pretty well, but I've heard before, I don't know if you've heard this, at least one day off for every 10 miles when you're doing ultras. So I'm taking 10 days off from running. Um, in the meantime, I have hit the gym. I've done some hiking, some walking just to keep things moving along. Um, but not going to be running until at least 10 days afterwards. Um, and I think it's a good, it's a good, and I think you can take more than 10 days, certainly. Um, but I like taking, um, you can take it more than one day per 10 miles, but I think I'm going to go for the full 10, not even try it. Um, cause you never know if I start that, I might feel good right now. And then I start that run and then three miles in my knee starts hurting or something like that. And then I'm just, um, putting myself backwards. So I'm going to wait the full 10 days and then go out and see how I feel. Do something real easy. Yeah. Better be safe than sorry. Especially with us getting into these older ages. Right. Yeah. All right. Just a reminder, anybody that is watching or is going to watch, please please type comments in and we will try to incorporate everything you're saying into our live show that has no really foundation. So we can make the foundation as we go. <laughs> yeah. It sounds so positive. Please, please type comments. Like we, we've run out of things to talk about already. We're just going to end up staring at each other. No, we're not going to run out of things. We have so many things to talk about. We have a huge list. We made a spreadsheet and everything. We're getting organized. So yeah. uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was signing up for races that scare you. And um, I think that's a great topic. You have a big race on your calendar. I know the first time this happened to me was um, when I signed up for Georgia Death Race, which I had no business signing up for. I was trying to convince a friend to sign up for it. And she was like, Hey, if you sign up for it, then I'll sign up for it. And I was like, okay, then I'll put my name in the lottery. It probably won't get picked. And then she's like, Oh, I forgot to put my name in. And then I got picked. And so I <laughs> got picked for this race. And, and my longest distance up to that point was 50 miles. I'd done one 50 miler and several 50 Ks. And then I'm signed up for this 60. Uh, you know, 72 miles, 18,000 feet of gain, completely terrified. Um, but at the same time, I was kind of excited. And let me back up. So the year before that, I was, or two years before that, something like that, I was signed up for Harrisburg Marathon. And mm -hmm. I was signed up for Harrisburg Marathon. I'm going to do this. And then um, I deferred myself because I decided I wasn't ready, that I wasn't going to have my best race. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just defer to next year. And then I did end up doing Harrisburg Marathon next year. I did the year after that. I did several 50Ks in between. But um, then looking back on it, it was like, man, I should have just done it. Like, I think there's some races that you want to go out there and do your best race. And then some races that you sign up for, like, just to see what happens. Because I had I had um, watched all the Barkley documentaries, which had just happened. 
Um, and Laz says, if you've never DNF'd, then you don't know what your limit is. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm signed up. I was signed up for Georgia Death Race. And of course, that was that did end up being my first DNF. But it was like, okay, now I know what my limit is. And I was so fired up after that. And I really started to up my training and take things a little more seriously. And I did end up finishing it a year and a half later. Um, but I think that's one of the cool things about signing up for things that scare you is like, it can be motivating. It can be like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Let's just see what happens. Right. And I mean, going back to the DNF thing, I mean, I think we could all agree there's different levels of DNFing and different reasons. And everyone has its merits, I guess, to a certain point. Um, other than the one that you you think about the next day and say, shizzle, why did I do that, right? But most of the time, there's a reason, at least in someone's head. I know many times that I've thought about DNFing, there's a perfectly legitimate reason in my head. But I, more times than not, I have a person, namely my wife, who proves to me why that reason isn't good enough. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that I, you know, I, I, I guess I, I might be weak at is that I can easily talk, talk my brain into a reason why, you know what, brain, you know what, buddy, this is, this is good enough. I'm not going to regret this. And then luckily, anytime I do that, I either see her or another good friend and they say, you can back that trolley up because you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, the DNF part is, is is pretty intriguing to me for for many reasons, but signing up for races that scare you. It's it's funny that we're talking about this because anything big that I've ever done, at least what I consider big, and I guess what I would consider big is ultra. I, I think I think that's the best way of for me as I as a runner starting out and then moving up into bigger, scarier stuff was the ultra distance. Anything from the fifty k through the hundred miler, everything I've always signed up for, I've been scared out of my mind be leading up to when the, when the whistle goes off. Hmm. And I mean that, and it's just in my head. That's interesting. Cause I've done plenty of 50 K's where, because I'm, you know, back and pack runner, I'm just like, eh, I'm just going to go and have fun and take a lot of photos and eat lots of food. But I, I don't have that at every ultra. And I, I wonder if that's it's all the new ones. Now, if I were to do a race twice, I wouldn't have that feeling. But if I'm going into a blind, you know, first time, I'm I'm pretty scared of the I, the reason I signed up for it is because it scares me. Right. Huh. If that makes sense, at least for the most part anymore. Oh, I sign up for plenty of stuff just for fun. <sighs> yeah, I mean, well, I think that's why we're here talking about the mullet of running, right? Yeah. I, mean, I love this. This is yeah, interesting. Exactly. But so like, you know, me starting out, uh, my my first big boy race, let's go above 50K and talk about 100Ks for a second. World, My first world's end 100K. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, what am I getting into? I, I'm looking at the elevation chart. I know my what I think my abilities are. But the bottom line is when I, when I cross the finish line, it was nowhere near as scary as my brain led me to believe it might be. And that goes for every single race up to this point in my life. There is never, and I might be setting myself up, I'm going to knock on wood here, but a race has never lived up to its hype in my head of, and like what you read online about the race details and all that yeah. of uh, being as scary as I think it's going to be. Does that make sense? They've always been easier. They've always been easier than I thought. It does make sense, but it is not my experience at all. <laughs> In the back of the pack, you're like, oh, they said it was technical. This is really technical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm coming from like, Ure, I would have dropped at 50K, yeah. 50K, 31 miles into the 100 miler. If my crew wasn't there, I wouldn't have a buckle. I wouldn't have a finish and I would have dropped at 50 K in, which doesn't sound like much, but I was perfectly happy with it. I got to see amazing things and where I was at in my head, I was fine with it. Did I, was I glad I kept going? Oh, heck yeah, obviously. Um, 
but even that race, like, how could you not say that that scares you, Eric? Well, it's not, it wasn't as scary. I maybe harmful wise, like I, in my head going into it, I was like, this race is going to destroy me. And it wasn't that bad. It was just going up mountains, going up the hill and down the hill, like every other race. Yeah. So it's it, like, I, I want to get to that point where, and I think I keep trying maybe to do things that are worse than I'm expecting. Have you had a DNF yet? I've had, well, I've had a couple and I've had my, my, uh, I guess, I think it was first official DNF was Naked Bavarian, um, 40 miler a couple years ago. I don't have any excuses for not finishing. I, I did one loop and then stopped one 20 mile loop and then stopped. I had about 10 miles into the race. I, my mom was, was sick at the time in the hospital and that's not why I stopped, but I just wasn't there. I wasn't, I I had no re in my head. I was like, there's no, why am I doing this today? There's no reason why I want to keep going. And Mm -hmm. I knew I had a chair in my car. I could sit at the finish line and, and watch people for four or five hours come in and have a blast. And I talked myself out of the race and I, I stopped it to t- at the 20 mile mark. Wow. I don't regret that one at all. I, sure. I don't, I don't care how many notches I have of DNFs at this point, you know, it's, it's not something anybody should really keep track of and how many finishes per DNF or all that. I don't know how many. I have a lot. And then the other, the other, the other not finishes were last man standing events where everybody okay. the DNF except okay. the, the winner. And I, yeah. I tried a couple of those and they're not my jam. So I obviously uh, didn't make it as the last person. Yeah. yeah, Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's funny and I'm sure we could hopefully get a lot of other opinions about DNFs. Yeah. We had this question on here. Can you expand on what you mean by different levels of DNF? Well, I guess I'd like your opinion too, but you have your injury DNF. Okay, it it's an injury that you can't move on from, or maybe you can. You have your uh, didn't reach your A, B, or C goal, so I'm just gonna quit. Type mm-hmm. of DNF, you know. It's I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna make the cutoffs, or you know, for example, something like that. Sure. Um, you have your forced DNFs, which is you run out of time. Uh-huh. You don't have a choice. You feel wonderful but you're you're partying in the back of that mullet and yeah. you, you straight up run out of time you you know, you know how, how how much the volunteers look at me like i'm a crazy person when i dnf i i usually dnf for time and like i'm at an aid station when i dnf right so if i'm like at brunerdale world's end um and I, I DNF there, they're playing music. And so I start dancing and they're like, why are you dancing? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I didn't finish. I timed out, but this is a really good song. <laughs> and so I start dancing and they're like, you could keep going. You look physically fine. Like I am fine. I feel good, but yeah. I lost the time. So I can't keep going. See? <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I guess to answer Daryl's question, he, you know, there is only one DNF. You did not finish the race. Right. But th- what I was referring to by different levels is I guess the reasons, yeah. the reasons. Yeah. Of, yeah. of DNFing. And there's, there's a whole plethora of them and they're interesting to talk about all in their own um, as far as DNFs go. But that uh, that's kind of getting away from, you know, signing up for scary stuff, which is the subject we started on and, and why we do it. Got it. Um, you know, for me, I kind of said it, it's, it's the, the doing something that scares me is what makes me feel most alive when I'm running, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I did a 100, you know, it's just, I think a lot of runners have this feeling you do, a, a, you finally do something big for me it was like Eastern States hundred miler the first time sure. instantly when I crossed that finish line, I bet you within 24 hours, I was looking at Becky or, or you and be like, Oh, uh, what's next? Yeah. Because I need, yeah. I need something else. I did that. I, my body hit those limits 
Now let's see what else is next. So it's, you know, we can get into the addiction part of it. I don't know if that's what it is for me. Well, and I think I, I talk to um, a lot of athletes about this. They'll reach out to me because um, I have like a roster of the entire calendar of races in our general area in my head. And they're like, Grace, what race do you recommend? And I'm like, well, what gets you excited? Like, What's the thing that gets you excited? And I think that's different for different people. Sometimes it's the views. Sometimes they want a big crowd. Um, sometimes they want something that's close to home so their families can be there. You know, I think it's different for every person, but I think that race selection or challenge selection, because it doesn't have to be a race. Like it could be an FKT. It could be something else. But I think race selection is like, okay, let's go after something and maybe it's not something that scares me, but I think for me, it's something that I'm excited about that like, oh man, I can't wait until that happens. And I get so excited that I'm willing to, you know, train in the rain and get up at 5am for training runs, like whatever that thing is that gets you really excited, you know, um, doing the Mason Dixon trail, like for two years fueled my <laughs> training and then it happened. And now I'm like, I don't know what excites me more. I'm not, I'm still, I think, you know, kind of hunting around for that thing. I'm, I don't have anything on my calendar at the moment that truly, truly gets me excited. Um, so I think, I think it's a great part of a training plan is to have something that scares you or something that excites you, something that gets you pumped up so much so that the training is like, I don't know, the training's like the, it, it becomes a present for the training. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you did the work and everything. And then this is your present at the end rather than like, this is your punishment. <laughs> well, it always hurts my soul when runners are like, Oh, you know, I, I got through the marathon just barely. And, and they're so they're wasted at the end and, you know, they're miserable. I'm like, oh, you should not be miserable. You know, that big A race, like that should be exciting and fun. And when you're done, you should be proud of yourself. And and I think that's part of, you know, selecting something that scares you, that excites you, whatever that is, because it, begin, it becomes this little gift at the end, you know? Yeah. And I mean, even those people like marathon people you're talking about, they still have that's just immediately following the race. Most of the time you give them a day and they're all giddy and they love it. And they're going to sign well, up. For all the more and I think there's some, and to clarify, I don't think it's all marathon people. Cause I think there's, there's some people who run marathons, but there's other people who run marathons and they are pumped at the end and they loved every minute of it. And they're excited for their next one. And, um, and any distance, you know, it's a trail half marathon. There's people who are miserable at the end. And I'm like, why are you miserable? You know, it's, it's, it should be a fun, exciting moment. And if you're not excited about it, then that might not be the race for you, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, it, I, I said one of the reasons I sign up for race or why I pick races I do is because they scare me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you talking about crossing the finish line that's my favorite part about a race. And I, that, that sounds kind of obvious. Like everybody wants to finish, but no, like I don't, I love the feeling after the race, after it's all done. Yeah. I like, I like training. I like feeling I did my best and I like putting in the work and I like mm -hmm. in a weird way, the pain of a long ultra, but after you cross the finish line, nobody can ever take that from you. It's yours. And you get to just bask in the glory of, of that. Even if you had a bad day and it wasn't your C goal, it was your Z goal. I don't care what it was yeah. to cross the finish line in any race is, is a feeling of euphoria for me that it's like, I did it. Yeah. Well, see, and that's interesting because at the back of the pack, um, that's not the moment for me because I don't always know that that's going to happen. Right. There's plenty of races where it's like 50, eh, 50, whether I'm going to finish that, whether I'm going to cross that finish line. And so I can't use that as something to fuel me because if I start getting behind or something like that, then it'll just put me into a negative space. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, I try to stay really, really focused on the moment that I'm in and enjoying the trees around me and the rocks and just having fun in the moment or talking to people or if I'm alone, like, 
just enjoying the atmosphere and the sounds and the smells. Um, and that keeps me, if I, if my plan is strong enough and it's tight enough, um, like the year that I did finish Georgia death race, like I stuck to my plan so tightly and I did end up finishing. And that was a bonus was that I finished. Um, but I couldn't think about the finish at all. Right. Because it was like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to finish. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's, it's the opposite. When I get towards the end, I'll, I only have 20 miles left before I get, you know, I can feel that feeling of victory. Oh, I only have 10 miles left. I don't know. It is, it's different views from, mm. from the, from different spots in the pack. Very interesting. I like it. Yeah. I gotta also, you know, the part of it, I, I do it to myself though. Like I know I'm putting myself in this position because if I wanted to always think about the finish, I would just sign up for easier races, easier for me. You know what I mean? And sure. there are plenty of races out there that have very generous cutoffs. I just, I do this to myself and I sign up for things that have tight cutoffs and they're very difficult. And, eh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, so I do want to touch on this. Uh, Daryl said maybe the euphoria can come from the max effort rather than the accomplished goal. And I think that's spot on. You know, I look back at some of my greatest efforts and one of them was the second year that I attempted the world's end hundred K. So I, I love that that was your example of crossing the finish line of world's end hundred K because I have yet to do that. Three DNFs. <laughs> three of them. But one of my best efforts in any race was honestly a DNF. Like in the second year of World's End 100K, like I came in with a plan. I stuck to my plan. I had a hell of a race. I, I put everything out on that course. There's a couple things that I would have done differently. There always is. But for the most part, like that I executed according to the plan. And I came in eight minutes, I think it was eight minutes after cutoff at the last aid station. And that's what did me in. But I can say like, when I got to that aid station and they, you know, told me I was done, I was like, yep, yep, I'm done. Right. And that was a, then that was a solid effort. Like I put it all out there and it really, um, I feel good about that race to this day. I still have that kind of euphoria. Like I, I felt amazing putting it all out there. When I DNF'd Eastern States, I felt the same way. I'm like, no, I, I would have done a couple things differently, but that was, that was my day. <laughs> yep. And not to sound cliche or anything, but it's, it was a win in your book, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. DNF's just stupid words and letters anyway. And we all, we all can't get mixed up in the fact that it doesn't matter that whether you're finished or not, it, what matters is we're out there and most, you know, majority of the population are not out there do, doing the suffering and the hard work and the training that it takes. Yeah. It's exciting. I don't know. I have, it's a lot of fun. And I think there's, um, you know, some of the races that I enter in have some pretty low participation rates for women, especially, um, I know Laura and I were just talking about um, Eastern States has a low female participation rate. And it's a tough, tough, tough course, you know, um, right. and it's that's the way it is right now. But I hope to keep signing up for this stuff and maybe other women will sign up for it, too. And I, I kind of want to. Um, you know, make it okay to sign up for stuff. And then hopefully you do finish. I mean, I think the goal is to, to finish, um, especially with these bigger races that a lot of people are trying to get into. Certainly I wouldn't sign up for something just to sign up for it. Right. Um, I have pulled myself from races as well that I decided I'm not ready for this and I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to prevent somebody else from being able to sign up for it. So um, I think there, there is some amount of, you know, not trying to just sign up for whatever, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think it's fun to sign up for the big stuff and put in the work. And then if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know? Right. There's something, something to be said for just, you know, not signing up for just uh, because it's the right price or things like that. But you know, like we started this conversation, you got to at least try doing something that scares you, 
whether it's a race or anything, because until you attempt something that scares you, you don't know what it really feels like to, I guess, overcome that fear, whether it's completing it or whatever the challenge might be. But man, I think that's where I found my true self was, was these stupid, crazy ultras and doing the ish that scares me. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is like, you know, years ago when I first, before Georgia death race, like I was like, there's no way this is completely out of my realm. But then the fact that I signed up for it, DNF didn't think I could do it, signed up again. And then I finished like to this day, it just blows me away. Like I actually did that. And I did it uh, um, during the year that it was an out and back course. It was super difficult. And I finished that. And then, and man, it feels good. That's like, that's that feeling that um, I think us as coaches, is like, I want everybody to feel that all the time. Like everyone, I want everybody to be like, no, you don't understand what you're capable of. Like you think, uh, you know, a half marathon is out of your reach. And let me tell you, it is completely in your reach. Half marathon is marathon. You know, there's so many things that are within people's reach and, and, um, yeah. and they, they just, uh, you know, they got something that's blocking them. So I think that's the cool thing about something that scares you is signing up for something that scares you and then finishing it and being like, what the hell? It turns out I'm amazing. Yeah. You know? Yep. What else you got for me, huh? Yeah. Uh, Chris says, have either of you been, ran Beaverhead in Idaho? It's one race that broke me, and I'm going back this year to run it, but signed up for the farther distance. I am scared but determined. I love that you signed up for that. Yes. I have not run Beaverhead in Idaho. Um, I have seen the um, videos, photos from trails in Idaho, and holy moly, they look gorgeous. Um, I have... Um, I don't know that I've seen videos from Beaverhead. I have heard of the race and hope it goes really well, you know? Yeah, I've, I've heard about it, Chris. It. I, I have not run it myself. It's definitely on my list. I need to, when you figure out how I can quit my job and just do yeah. fun races, then I will complete them all and be happy human being. But until then... I don't know. I, I can only do so much, but no, I'm definitely, it's definitely on my list. I'll have to check it out, especially since it broke him or it broke you, Chris, and you're going back again. Like that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. And before we go, before we go any farther, for the record, I was going to politely ask you to change my name to Pecker Heed. I don't know what a Pecker Heed is, but you, you misspelled it and spelled Pecker Head. He said Pecker Heed. So anyway, um, <laughs> where, where are we going from here? Let's get, let's talk about the after race a little bit. Um, yeah. what most of us here, uh, I guess, uh, what we're going to talk about is guess the, the drinking of alcohol at, um, a trail race, which seems to be prevalent yeah. a lot anymore. And it's, we're not here to get into touchy subjects or really push buttons or anything like that. It's no, but I think, well, here's the reason why I brought it up, right? Is because you, sir, um, decided to go alcohol free, right? Yeah. Almost 80 tomorrow will be 79 or 80 days ago. Yeah. That is great. And yeah, so I did the whole January 1st, new year, new me thing. Uh-huh. And so like, what led you to say, okay, I want to choose alcohol and, you know, I want to keep going. What led me to stop drinking alcohol? Yeah. Um, for me, it was, I, I tell everybody this, the easiest way to describe it for myself was I just wanted to change my relationship with alcohol sure. a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, am I looking to, to go alcohol free forever? I don't, I don't know. I, I still don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but for me, I just, I, I needed, I wanted to step back a little bit just to see what it was like. And every time I tried to do that, the following day would come and I was back to square one, which, you know, led me more to be like, yeah, you know what? I think it's time. So what is it like? How's it going? There it's glorious. There's, there's <laughs> gypsies dancing everywhere. Angels, <laughs> there's unicorns galloping. No, it's, it's going really good. I'm, I'm very proud of myself. I'm okay. I'm comfortable saying that I'm, mm -hmm. um, 
everybody has their reasons, I think, for deciding to do something like this, whether it's a dry January or um, some people, you know, will say they hit rock bottom and there's there's one thing or another that that pretty much forced them to say, you know what, it's time to change my life a little bit. Yeah. Which is all, which is all great. Um, but for me anyway, back to how it's going. I mean, I can't feel like I, like I don't have much more energy. I was hoping like I could notice a difference, maybe not drinking any alcohol with my running and things like that. Um, my sleep pattern changed a lot. I'm a much deeper sleeper now. And hmm. for some reason I still feel like I can't, catch up on it hmm. but that's um that's okay I'm, I'm don't know i am gonna go get some blood work done i'm not sure if like i'm i i'm gonna get checked for lyme again and do all that basic stuff just out of precautionary measures but um but yeah well, i mean other than that it feels really good i lost a couple pounds not that i thought that's I, that's not why i stopped drinking sure um but it's really cool. It's, it's interesting. So I, I, I don't know. I wanted to I put it on the list of topics because um, I think it's something that we don't talk about very much in trail running. And I think it's an interesting topic because, uh, I mean, alcohol is such a part of the trail community <laughs> and it doesn't need to be. You know, I think that um, I, I had heard a, a story. A friend of mine had said had said that, um, you know, they were so used to. Uh, we'd go on trail runs and have like a shot of fireball and then um, they would have, uh, you know, apple juice in a fireball bottle and then just drink that. And I'm like, well, that's kind of disappointing because I think there's nothing wrong um, with saying like, oh, I'm just going to have some applesauce or whatever, like to just decline. And um, I think it's, uh, I think that's something that I'd like to, I, I think that the trail community is in a good spot right now. And I hope we don't go down that path one day of like just pressuring people into it. I hope we can keep some balance and not try to make people feel like they have to fake it or something like that. You know what I mean? That they can still say like, Oh, I'm good. I don't, I'm good. I don't want a beer and then like drop it and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I hope we don't get to that spot. I think it's something for us all to just kind of be aware of. Um, I have no plans of ditching alcohol. I'm happy with my fireball when I hit the top of a big climb. And also, I hope that I don't put other people in an uncomfortable situation. And I like it's funny. I put this on the list to talk about and I completely forgot. I was straight edge in high school, so I didn't drink for a long time, I didn't, um, didn't take Tylenol, didn't eat chocolate, mm -hmm. nothing. So I was completely straight edge, big fan of Meyer Threat. And um, I think, I, I wonder, because you were talking about your relationship with alcohol, and I think, I wonder if that just like put me in a different place with that relationship. Um, so I have some drinks at a, at a race or something like that, but I'm totally fine not having the drinks too. And we're not, we all have different relationships with, with alcohol. And I think now my relationship with food is a whole different story. Cause that is, that is, I love food way too much. Um, but I, I, that's interesting. Cause I, I was straight edge before and now I'm, I'm not, and I'm good with it. Like I don't, I don't need to quit alcohol. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's, that's great. I think that the spectrum of, of, yeah who does what, how much and all that is obviously all over the place. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, I, I kind of just, I just want it. I'm a, I, and I went, went over this last episode, I think a little bit. I'm, I'm very, my head is very much built upon the Which devil, way? the devil on one shoulder and yeah. the, the, who's on the other angel on the other, you know, sure. nice, nice person on the other that constantly yeah. fights each other. And I actually thrive off of them getting in a fist fight in my head. <laughs> you know, if that makes any kind of sense, like I, if my brain tells me that it's okay to have a drink, well, that other side's saying, no, it's not. And I'll fight. I mean, I, obviously I, I try to take the good side if, yeah. if that makes sense. And I enjoy that fight. So 
And I think a lot of people do. So, you know, just to, if you want to get into the streak of going alcohol free, um, I knew once I got to a certain point, even if my desire to have a single beer and that's all it would be or, or a single mixed drink um, was was strong enough, I I wasn't going to beat the devil that said it's OK. It's just one drink. You're not getting drunk or tipsy or anything because he's right. But. I don't want to break that streak devil. So I'm not having, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a, and I'm, this is all common sense stuff. Everybody has fights in their brain, but that's where, that's where I kind of feel like I thrive at. I, that kind of like, well, you tell me I can't do something. I'm going to do it and vice versa ish, you know? So if we said like, you can't continue to grow that beard out, then you would be like, oh, watch me cut it off. Yeah, I guess <laughs> to a certain point. <laughs> Pretty much. I'll I just want to right test now. this theory. I don't want to test it out and just see. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, and that comes into the racing, the ultra racing part of it too. You know, always always uh making deals with the devil in your head type of thing and this and that. There's your brain's a is a is an amazing um thing up in your head. But it's it's also can be everybody that runs knows it can be your worst enemy. Yeah. And when you know how to control it a little more and put it in its place, it's it's back to being your friend. But if if you don't, then it can be horrible. Yeah. Well, I think it's a cool thing, a a neat little journey that you're on right now. Um, Wanted to hear your thoughts on it and and, you know, why you decided to do it. And then I think also. Um, like I said, wanted to talk about, I think that's, it's something for our, our us trail people, especially us like me who enjoy having a shot of fireball to be careful about the way I say things and, and not to make anybody feel uncomfortable who's um, decided that that's just not going to be a part of their life. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like you said, there's all spectrums. And I think that's a great thing about trail is that there's so many different types of people who are attracted to trail running for completely different reasons. And like all of them, like, let's do it all, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, I guess as, as far as the beer goes at, at events and things, you know, the trail, I think we can all, everybody that's watching can agree. The trail running community is one of the best communities of human beings out there. And I go to some of these races and some of these after parties mm. to see these people. Yeah. Not not necessarily go be or sign up for a race because I know the the beer is going to be f- flowing freely afterwards. I mean, I mean and don't get me wrong, it's I I love a beer after a race. It's delicious, mm. it's cold. It's amazing. But I don't know. It be- it begs the question: uh, Is there, you know, is are we getting to the point where there's too much of it at events? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And that's an opinion for everybody to to yeah. figure out on their own. But you're right; it should never be an uncomfortable thing to where yeah, you're not sure. Like I, I should be if I'm going to a race. I'm I'm fine with you drinking a beer in front of me, and I wouldn't be there. I I have to control myself if that's a issue. Yeah. So, but that's just me. Yeah. Also, oh, I don't know. Man, Grace, we're again failed on the time thing. So, <laughs> since, listen, 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 listen. Since we're already eight, nine minutes over, yeah. one, one quick little final thing. I'm, I'm curious of your your opinion on mm-hmm. Strava and going dark. Uh huh. What do you think about Stra- going dark on Strava? And- I have some theories about Strava. This There is no data to back this up whatsoever. Every time, whenever I hear this is completely anecdotal, and I'm very interested in comments about this. So please comment on it during the show, after the show. It seems like when I hear people talk about Strava and tends to be more male, is they, they talk about, oh, you know, Strava is a little too competitive and I'm not really interested in being a competition and, and it's okay. And I post my runs on there, but I try not to obsess about it. And then when I hear 
women talk about it, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love Strava. I cheer people on. I like their posts. I comment on it. And so I wonder um, if, and just for me personally, like I use Strava for a different reason. And there are some people who get very competitive about Strava. I have like zero competition uh, with anybody else in Strava. I use Strava for two different reasons. One, to cheer on my friends. And then two, to scope out other courses and other ideas for like different, um, like I know there was somebody, now I know there's plenty of men who do this because they look at my Strava and I've had guys reach out to me and be like, what is this leg destroyer thing that you did? Where is that? How do you find that trail? And um, so I, I think that it, it seems like there's plenty of guys who use it. And that's how I met Mr. Chad Brown, actually, because he stalked me on Strava. <laughs> but it's to look up routes. And it seems like men are more competitive with it. Um, and a lot of women use it. And men use it to cheer people on, too. But it seems like they just think about it in a more competitive way. I think about it as a social, it's basically social media for runners. That's what I see it as. Um, I know there's some people who do go dark. And it seems like the reason is because, like, they were feeling negative about their own runs compared to other people. Um, and then I know that there's some other people who go dark on Strava because they're training for something highly competitive and they don't want other people to know what they're training for um, because they're somebody who's going to be at the front of the pack and, and the competition might see it. So I've seen kind of those two reasons. We will talk about Chad Brown. We will talk about how we met at some point because that's how I met um, Eric is through Chad. So, <laughs> which is a fun story, but, um, but I, so I, I didn't even, I want to hear why you brought this up. People going dark on Strava. I've never gone dark on Strava. I have hidden some, um, some activities because I was either scouting a race that I didn't know, want people to know about because I was race directing and I wanted it to be a surprise or because I was working on an FKT that I didn't want people to know about because I wasn't ready to announce it yet. Yeah. So talk to me about going dark on Strava. Why, why did you bring that one up? Cause I'm currently dark on Strava and I, why? I um, I don't know <laughs> because I want to. And I guess that's why I asked the question for me, yeah. for me. And you, you hit the nail on the head. I think you said something about it. it's their personal, personal reasons. It's not, it's not because I'm training for something secret that nobody can see my times. It's not, so people can't see that I'm improving and they should get worried about a race. It's, they should. It's, they shouldn't at all. And it's, 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 it's 100% for me. Um, it's just no pressure. I don't, I don't oh, know. Okay. I feel, and again, and we get, that makes sense. you know, the, all your, you had very good points about everything you said, but the mullet comes into the whole aspect of Strava. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, anybody towards the front of the pack knows who's in the front of the pack with them on Strava. Their right. friends, if if they ran a race together, one liked the other and they're friends now. And I'm friends, friends with all these people, right? Not just, I'm yeah. not just saying friends as like, oh yeah, we're Strava buddies. No, we become a, a very, we meet friends through Strava, yeah. like you were saying, and it's an amazing thing. Um, but for me, wow. it's, it's just to let go of the pressure of... Yeah. Man, this is this was I mean, I started this whole thing just for fun. And yeah. and I'm feeling like I'm starting to push that edge of am I doing this just for fun anymore? Mm. So by going dark, I don't have to title my run. I don't <laughs> have to care if I take a dump that takes 25 minutes in the woods and I don't stop my watch. Yeah. You know? Oh, I never stop my watch. I'm just saying, no, you know, and just, not that anybody ever commented on this stuff, but I'm just saying there's zero I have to worry about. I look at my numbers in the morning. It's like, huh, cool. And that's it. Not that I ever worried about anybody. I try to never worry about other people's yeah. thoughts or comments, but they're my friends. Of course I do, you know, and not that anybody says anything bad. It's all great. 
Yeah. But I tend to overanalyze things. Are they just saying that to be nice? Or was that really fast? Because I think I could, I didn't feel great that day. You know what I mean? So by going attention, I think it's a lot of like focused attention. Like, oh, Andrew Simpson rode his bike one day. Is he injured? You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think you're spot on. That does happen where it's like, oh my goodness, this person went on a walk. Are they okay? Right. You know, I, Eric did a hike instead of a uh, six minute run. Like what's wrong. And then you got all these people probably messaging you and like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, I just decided to go for a walk, man. It's fine. Yeah. And I'll be the first to admit, like <laughs> if I do something big or when I did some, do something big, man, I love seeing comments come on my Strava feed. It's, it's an addiction. It makes me feel good. And I, I'll be the first to admit, I, I need it. I like it. You know, people notice this. People are noticed that I did this big thing. Thank you. Like, this is why I have my trail friends. But when I do something big and it's not even there, I still feel, I found that I still feel the same way about myself. I'm very proud of, of that account of what I did, whether it's just a workout, a, a huge Saturday morning or, or a big race that the people that were there know what I did. And that's it. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I go back. I I'm like a light switch. I go on and off <laughs> all the time. And that's, that's a beauty of something yeah. like Java is you can, and nobody else should care. And nobody does care. Nobody asks me why. Well, I, I think it's something that um, I would like to see more use out of Amy Whitmore. She is, I know she was um, going to be tuning in. I don't know if she's still on, uh, but she's like the master of just posting the nicest comments on your training runs, your races, whatever they are. And she inspires me like, man, I gotta, I gotta comment more on other people's Strava and just say like, Hey, great work. You yeah. know, that's an awesome course. Or that was, that was a really good, I looks like you had a lot of fun. Like, especially when people attach photos, I will just throw this note out there because I've, I've, um, Somebody else comment, we were talking about this and they were like, wow, that's a really good idea. One of the things that I do with my Strava is I title it with the trail that I'm on because Strava has a search feature. So if you want to remember like, oh, what's a seven mile course, you know, route that I can do for my training, you can, if you, you know, if you name your route, Lake Redmond seven miler, then you go back and you search for seven milers, then you have a list. And then that way you can use it for your training. So just throwing it out there that um, I think a lot of people name theirs with like fun names, but you usually see mine named with the, the route that it is and the mileage. And the reason for that is so that I can go back and search them. So that's, gotcha. your, that's your tip of the day. Yeah. And to end on the whole Strava thing, you know, I do, I still get on there uh, probably more times a day than I care to admit. And do the scrolling and, and give, you know, I like to still, I'm, I'm on there 100% seeing what other people are doing. Right. It's just, for me, I, I feel like it almost fits me better. And I don't ask why to not be on there, not show my stuff. I don't know. I'm a, I'm an odd duck, I guess. We're going to figure it all out. Yeah. Eventually. We're we're gonna take as many episodes as it takes <laughs> to figure out what's going on in that noggin of yours. <laughs> but, uh, I think this is a good challenge for everybody. If all of us comment, let's say, on 10 people's runs or races between now and the next episode, like if even 10 of us do 10, that's that's like a hundred. There's a lot. And we have prizes to give away too. So we like. I think this is a fun challenge. Let's do some comments. Let's spread like some positivity, some love. Like let's let's do that. Can we do that? I think we can do that. And I'll I'll in return we'll pick a winner, I guess, or a couple winners and give them some idiot runner gear. Yes. Now, let's close the show off. Now that I said idiot runner gear, I want to close the show off. Well, we have our own closing, but before we do our closing, um just so, just so everybody knows, this show has nothing to do with the idiot runner tribe or brand or logo that I am connected to. But having said that, I'm going to talk about it all the time, but like I didn't, we, we didn't, I want to make it clear to everybody who might watch this, that we didn't start this show to promote anything. We're just here to talk 
crap about running, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just chat with each other and we have really good conversations. And we're like, yeah, maybe somebody will want to listen. Right. Uh, if anything, it would say I would say it's connected to the Facebook group mm -hmm. Run for Life or Die Trying. Hashtag. We need a hashtag, Daryl. Thank you. Run in. Yep. Yeah, we need a special hashtag, and then you can search it. Hashtag running mullet without the second eye, Daryl. <clears throat> Come on, Daryl. Is it the yeah. running mullet or is it just running mullet? Which hashtag are we using? Um, I don't know. You decide. Come on. I'm not the techie. I'm not the techie either. The running mullet. Hashtag the running mullet. Got it. Done. I'm putting it. I'm commenting. Hashtag the running mullet. So hashtag the running mullet with your runs on Instagram, on Facebook, on Strava. That way we can search for them and we can give away. Awesome that. stuff. Yeah. Really, right. really good stuff. Yep. <laughs> All right. We better close out this Monday. I'll yeah. see you next Monday. What are you, what are you doing this weekend? What am I doing this weekend? Yeah. I am training for Boston more. Lauren, what am I doing this weekend? Oh, West Rim Trail. I'm running the West Rim Trail Bye. with with Adam Kolb. Bye. And I'm not sure who else. We're, we have a couple people that are doing it. We want to we kind of want to look at it, uh, run the course for Canyon Man. So we everybody knows what they're doing. Gabe Batdorf. Bat the rim job. Yep. So we're going to do the 50K West Rim, hopefully, if the snow is gone, which is going to be a, a hope. Yeah. So that's we my, have, we've had zero snow down here in New York, no accumulation the entire season. Oh, I hate you for that. <laughs> and I've spent a lot more time in the gym. Isn't that terrible? Yes, it is. Doing strength training. What about you, Grace? What are you doing this weekend? I am going to um, pre-sweep the Big Woods half marathon. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. I've got a goal this year. I want to do, I want to do more, um, volunteering and sweeping. So I'm excited to pre-sweep the big woods half marathon course. I've never done that course before. It's out at French Creek state park, but I have run in that area. Um, it's a nice, you know, kind of smooth, fun trails to run on. So I'm going to do that Saturday and probably lay around on Sunday. Nice. French Creek state park is my old stop. It's where I grew up. Ah. Yeah, I caught a lot of trout out of Scott's yeah. Run. So you're from the south side. Yeah, I'm a flatlander. And then you moved up north. Got yeah, it. I think I've been up here long enough to, I'm not a flatlander anymore. I don't know how that works. Okay. All right. All right, Grace. Good show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you next Woo. week, 730. Bye. Bye.